back to the boys from Black Cat Record. This is episode 18, Super Bowl special. Right then, gentlemen, uh, let's get the show on the road. Uh, what have we been up to since we last got together only two weeks ago, not two months? Uh, Ryan, what have you been up to, mate? Um, well, obviously, you know, drowning my tears of sorrow from the Titans being uh, knocked out in a championship game. Um, so I decided to, to bugger off to Barcelona. Um, so I had a lovely time drinking cocktails and tapas in Barcelona. Um, but card-wise, not that much. But um, I've started to catch up a little bit on my draft prep. Dan, what have you been up to, mate? Um, I've stepped it up a bit because um, you, you ripped me for um, plodding along with my card collecting in the last episode. So I thought, right, I'd better make a bit of a better make a bit of a go of it. So uh, I hit a um, Eli Manning on card auto in a in a Raz. Picked up some Barkley rookies. I think that I've already got, but you can never have too many. And I even picked up a Bengal because his name's Ryan Hewitt. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I felt like it was forced on me, really. But, you know, I bought it anyway. <laughs> yeah, since we last got together, uh, when Ryan was in Barcelona, uh, I was in Lisbon at the same time. So we both went uh, Mediterranean while Stan stayed in uh, Stoke. Stoke. So, yeah. good. Very nice weekend away with the, uh, with the young lady. Lots of good food and, and, and drinks and plenty of hill walking, which nearly killed me. But anyway... Shit happens when you're the wrong side of 40, doesn't it? So, uh, cards, card-wise, uh, now the contenders market seems to have uh, quietened down a bit. We're about three, four weeks into the release now. I've been trying to pick up a few of the missing cards that the Seahawks as I need. I managed to swipe my six out of eight cracked items yesterday. leaves me with two to get. Uh, one will be the DK Metcalf, which is going at the moment for about $500 so that's as we said before it's going to be well and true on the back burner and the Marquis Blair as well that came out today in, in the Panini second wave of, of telling everyone the, the, the super short print autos uh, as I've said to the guys before I think he's definitely a very short print one and indeed he is his, his base card there's only 50 copies of the bloody thing so so the base auto for a second round safety who's not started any games at all. Uh, they're going for about $40 a time now. So it's like rocking horse shit, boys. Very rare. Right then, let's move on to the new section before we, we ramp up our Super Bowl coverage. And there's only one place to start. We, we were all chatting online on Sunday night when the news broke of uh, Kobe Bryant's untimely death. Uh, gentlemen, what are your first reactions to uh, the news of Kobe's passing? Let's start with you, Dan. Um... Well, initially I didn't want to believe it um, when you text me. Um, I won't name the news agency that broke the broke the story, but um, to compare them to something like the UK, you'd probably compare them to the Sun newspaper. Um, publish a load of garbage, really, but they, they don't very often tell lies. Um, yeah, and then obviously it, it kind of kind of spiraled from there. Really um, devastated, I dare say that you know people there's in the NBA especially there tends to be a player um and I heard it heard it put by somebody else but when I first got into baseball the NBA was was Kobe's NBA um he was the player um when I first got into basketball excuse me um he was the player playing with Shaq and you know you watch him for all them years and 
since obviously everything he's done it, it was sort of his time then wasn't it everything he'd give to us as fans and being able to watch him for all them years he could finally start finally start living his life and that was pretty much the only reason he, he flew in a helicopter was was so he could spend more time with his with his wife and kids like so um just got it i'd say Ryan, what's your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't been an NBA fan for, God know, 25 years since I was in my uh, uh, early teens. But um, a player like Brian really does transcend the, the sporting arena. Do you know what I mean? Um, not just within um, his own sport of basketball. And I fully admit that I know very little of in the modern era. But... He does transcend that, and you you know, um, at an interview this week with some Alabama players because he did quite a lot of uh, motivational speeches and stuff like that, and he he got invited down to do one um, by Nick Saban to the Alabama team, and a lot of the players were talking about that the, the the knowledge that he was passing on in terms of how to look after yourself, how to be a man, how to be a team player, how to be a leader. Um, you know, he 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 really is pop, he is and was one of those athletes in sports that that um was dedicated to his craft and um it's very sad because he after such an amazingly distinguished career career you know he deserved to have that time with his family and and pursue other things which he was doing around community basketball projects um so you know it, it's incredibly sad and um but you know, there is a hobby aspect of it, and I'm sure you're going to cover that, Brian. But um, that's also, unfortunately, when these things happen, it can bring out the best in some people. And unfortunately, in our hobby, it, it tends to bring out the worst, too. Um, I don't know whether you want to comment on that, Brian, a little bit more. You probably know more than I do. Yeah, well, as soon as the uh, the, the news broke, I jumped on eBay to see what the prices were on his autographs because we knew there was going to be um, an uptake and they were moving along. Uh, I wasn't going to buy one. I was not a basketball fan. Um, if Russell Wilson had been in an accident and had died, I think I probably would have swooped and got a few but a few autographs. But that's for my own PC, stuff that I'd like to keep close to me. And I'd like to think that there is quite a decent percentage of people that were buying autographs in the first hour were doing it because they were of the opinion, I haven't got a Kobe autograph, I want one now, I know the price is going up, I want it for my PC. Uh, but I'm sure there were people, again, that were doing it to try and flip. And I believe we had a look and we think we worked out there's about 800, 900 of his autographs were sold in the next, first hour after the, the news of his, his passing came to light. Uh, but so many of those were cancelled by by buyers and then relisted. There was um, one large company <clears throat> who I've had dealings with before, seem nice guys and stuff. They were cancelling people's orders uh, for memorabilia and cards that they were selling, and they were relisting them an hour, two hours later for four or five times the price they were up for before. And it's difficult. It is a business. Are you seeing to be to be profiting from someone's demise yes you are but but it, it's a business it seems cold but i know a lot of the groups on facebook have said before anyone starts putting cards up for sale or to raz we're going to wait 24 days and, and such like 
I saw one Raz on on one of the groups where uh, the guy just had a uh, I think it was a Kobe rookie card that was he just said it's a dollar a spot in the next hour whoever many people uh, paying that spot will will raz it off and all the money from there goes to one of the the charities out in the states and that raised about eight hundred dollars I think in an hour so nice well nice <clears throat> yeah that's all good um, but yeah fr- fr- from a hobby perspective. He was in so many products. There's so many Kobe products out there. As I said, immediately after uh, the news broke, I jumped on eBay to see what his prices were for the buy it now prices. For a decent looking uh, patch auto with on card signature, you could get one for about $100, $150. And those same cards now, they're, they're being relisted for seven, dollars $800 a time, and people are, buy- people are buying it. And the strange thing that I've seen from the perspective, I was watching uh, Mojo's hype this morning uh, in bed because I've got another few days off before I return back to the grind. And they cover this this topic quite well, as you'd expect, uh, Doug Dan and uh, that. And they had redemptions up for one of the products from this year, Kobe's Redemptions. And people were still bidding up to about $500, $600 for redemption. Now that's... To me, that's a little bit bizarre because the chances are he's not signed them. And unless you can autograph cards by Ouija board, it's not going to happen, is it? You know what I mean? Sorry to, to like seem disrespectful, but come on, guys. Why are you paying $500 for redemption of someone that's just passed away? What's Unless it's, it's a sticker auto and they can put, they're going to whack it on there. They might have a few still left, but it's still, that's very strange to me. Uh, what do you think about it from the hobby angle, Dan? Um... I can see, I can see, I can see both sides of it. In fairness, um, I've always been of the opinion that if I've done a deal, then I'm going to stand by the deal I've done. If the, you know something, if I say to somebody, yeah, I'll sell you a card on Monday for fifty quid, um, and then they play on Sunday, um, and the prices have doubled, I'm still going to sell it for fifty quid. Would be my my opinion. It's just one of them things. Uh, that's what I agreed to and um, I'd stand by that um, the price is going up people are selling them for more at the end of the day people are going to sell them for more in a week's time in two weeks time, in a month's time they're still going to sell them for more because people would hold off buying one thinking that like you've just said, he's in every product so people would hold off buying one thinking it'll be alright, I can get one next year next within the next 10 years or or whatever i've got plenty of time to try and buy one all of a sudden they're now a finite thing there isn't gonna be there isn't gonna be anymore like you said the redemptions aren't gonna aren't gonna get fulfilled um so i can appreciate the prices that go up and i think people that people that selling them for extortionate amounts of money then well you know, it is what it is. If people are willing to pay it, that's the, that's the business aspect. That's how much the card is is now worth due to the recent news. People cancelling orders. I'm not. You know, I don't agree with that myself. Um, and yes, people would have would have like possibly sniped some eBay auctions as soon as it happened. But then that's the seller's responsibility as much as it is the buyer's responsibility. You've got it listed on there. You know, somebody buys it for what price you wanted. That's your problem. How big was Kobe in the hobby? Because he had so many autographs out there. Was he probably the biggest name of the last 15 years, Ryan? In basketball terms, I think 
yes, I think I think absolutely. But we we have to also remember that basketball is going through a huge boom period in terms of the hobby too. Um, you know, we're seeing the start of Zion mania, um, and and we've had other players in the last couple of seasons that have dominated the market. I think reaching to heights that have never been seen before that is then having a knock-on effect on super short prints you know you only have to look at how you know how much people wet themselves when they get a michael jordan Fleer rookie do you know what i mean out of some junk wax um and you know so so clearly that the the hobby's on a high now is the hobby on a high because of kobe like is it players of that generation that have, have, have brought forward the hobby because of the value of their of potentially investing in their cards, maybe and probably, it's probably got something to do with the fact that it's coincided more with the Panini deal as well. Um, but um, it, it's so difficult. I think I think everybody will rush because they want a piece of that history, and it is now unfortunately and sadly history. And I think that's that morbid type thing about it. But you could probably expect that things would settle down in in in, in time, but um, like I said, though, I think the bit that's been really quite shitty to see over the last week um, has been the conduct of people that just oh, no problem people buying cards and everything. No problem with that. I just want to make that absolutely clear from my end. Um, I I don't really have a problem with people selling their cards. I completely get that. It's as we've said, it's a hobby is a marketplace as well, but it's those people that are being really shitty, Uh, 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 not just eBay sellers, but companies online, reputable companies that really should know better that are trying to cash in um, and mess around collectors. I I think that crosses a line for me. It's a difficult one because there's, there's no right or wrong answer to to the entire discussion when you ask is it right to sell cards straight up is death is yes or no there's no definitive answer to that you know there was too many people taking the moral high ground and saying you can't do this you can't do that well well you can it's a free marketplace you know it's it's the capitalist society we live in well i mean i doubt when old um kill jong-un passes away they'll be selling his autograph cards in the street there because that'll be banned but <clears throat> it's, it's the western world isn't it it's where there's a buck to be made people are in it and as we we've we've discussed on numerous occasions before now this hobby is uh 80 or more prospecting and people will flip cards you know so it, it, it very sad uh like we said uh, the fact there were nine people on board and and the report at the time was then it was all of his daughters were on board and Rick Fox was on board. I thought at one point they were going to say that Dan had been on board if he hadn't been chatting to him, but <clears throat> so many people were getting linked with it. It is just terribly sad, you know, and it's um, very untimely and probably the, the biggest part of, of a sporting star that we'll know. I'm older than you guys by only a few years, thankfully, but I can't remember anyone as, as big as it in the sports world. Obviously, when Princess Diana died, that was huge over here. I don't know, Muhammad uh, Ali, when he passed, that was Yeah, that was but, but he'd been, but that was, uh, he'd had Parkinson's disease. Yeah, no, that's fair, 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 fair so comment. You know what I mean? 
once you've had Parkinson's yeah. for a while and you're at 75, no, 80, fair you're, comment. You're getting a good ball. You're going to nick one towards the slips at some point, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once you had, once you saw him on TV with the old uh, Parkinson's, <coughs> the, the old fourth and fifth slip were in, mate, for that. But when 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 you're going along nicely on a flat wicket and you don't expect to get out, then it's it's a huge huge shock. So there was is, the um, there was the Miami pitcher. That died. Um, oh, the I don't think that... it sent. I don't think it sent shockwaves quite as big as this because he wasn't. Um, he was still considered somewhat of a prospect, so he played in the majors, but he hadn't quite. But he wasn't considered a sort of regular rotation starter. But he had a he had a boat crash, didn't he? And yeah, he, he, he crashed. He, he crashed his speedboat when he was pissed. I, think, I believe that was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He was. Uh, he was off his rocker as far as I'm aware. There was more than just alcohol in his system as well. But yeah. But the death of anyone in the hobby, even just, um, was it Tyler Skaggs? The Angels pitch was found dead in his hotel room uh, during the season last year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And again, his prices, people were withdrawing his, people were trying to buy his autos straight away, jumping in. Uh, and that is pure profiteering because that wasn't a big name that you wanted in your collection. You didn't want a Tyler Skaggs card. You just wanted to make profit. People were trying to buy his autos for seven or eight dollars and flip them for forty or fifty dollars and stuff. So but whenever yeah, anyone who's got who's got a card out nowadays, whenever they pass they're untimely or whatever, then it's uh Yeah. People will lump on it. I wonder if the Chris Thelman cards have gone up because he sadly passed away yesterday at the age of fifty eight. Remember watching him only well thirty years ago now, but I think he's he's third on the all time sack list seeing we see his cars pop out and impeccable and immaculate when when the Vikings come up. So, yeah. Well, rest in peace, Kobe. Um, I think I am tempted to to get his book. Everyone says it's really good. The Mamba Mentality. Yes. Have, have you read it, Ryan? Uh, I haven't read it fully yet, but um, it, uh, I'm with you, mate. I'm I I'm, I I. If anything, yeah, I, I need to get on and read that book because I hear that it's very very good. Yeah, and if we can find a pop-up version, we can get one for Dan to read in the bath as well. Yes. Just yes. pictures. Or, or colour, paint by numbers. <laughs> <laughs> right, just before, we, uh, just before we leave the subject, just before we leave the subject as well, just want to say, obviously, and it's not just Kobe that, and Kobe's family that it's affecting. There was, like, there was obviously the other families um, that have been devastated by that as well, and they should be in everybody's thoughts just as much as, just as, much as Kobe is, so... Rest in peace to everybody who was who was on the helicopter. <clears throat> well put, mate. Well put. Right, let's move on now and uh, let's have a little update on Panini UK. Which of you guys is covering that one for us? I'm happy to, to cover that. Um, it's going to be very brief. <laughs> um, but uh, obviously, uh, yeah, Panini UK and Panini, we, we, we've been fully aware that they've been actually working together with the NFL UK for some time, um, cooking up some plans um, to try and put product into the UK uh, and build the hobby. Um, they're running a competition at the moment on their Instagram. I'm not on Instagram, so I couldn't enter. But if you're on Instagram, go and enter before the Super Bowl starts um, to win some product. But also, they gave us a little teaser at the time that they have these secret plans to work clo- more closely together with NFL UK and Panini UK. Um, 
Waxpack Liquor did contact Panini UK for comment on their future plans, and we are as yet to receive a reply. So, um, and if we don't receive them, then I'll probably go full on abuse in the next show. But um, we will keep att- uh, attempting. Um, and as the uh, as in any good gangster film, I know where you live. Um, so, um, and I'm not too far away. So, if you don't reply to my email, I will come after you. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean. I'm looking forward to seeing what they've got. What they've, what they've done so far is pretty pretty wank. So um, uh, th- th- I think it's time they reached out to the actual hobby community, uh, as we've always said. Where are Panini UK based then, right? Uh, just down the road, uh, not too far from me, probably about half an hour, 35 minutes uh, at Tunbridge Wells. The Garden of England, eh? Garden of England, yes. Certainly is. Dan, what do you think about Panini UK? I know we've discussed this in, in a lot of detail in one of our previous episodes. Um, well, look, this, the, this competition they've put together looks a damn sight better instantly than what they've actually given us so far, which was a sticker book with um, some cards in it. Um, what we, we don't want a UK product that isn't, that was almost not the point. It'd be nice as a sort of spin-off once the hobby's been grounded if we did get our own product, a bit like um, the Asian market does with the basketball. Um, but all we want to begin with is is what the US market gets and access to the same cards. So the prizes that they put together, it looks promising. Um, hopefully, hopefully that's what they're talking about rather than coming up with something else that's a bit shit like they have done so far. I think the prizes that I, that I saw on the Instagram, I'm on Instagram, but I've got zero posts, so I wouldn't even bother trying to follow me. Um, it looked like, was it mainly retail? There were no hobby boxes in there, or am I not seeing things right there, Dan? No, it was all retail. It was all retail, but it was all retail of, of US market products. So Score was in there, Don Ross was in there. I think there, was a, there might have been a contender's retail box. Um, it, it was all retail, but if that if that's the first step, if we've got to get a load of retail on the shelves in Asda, um, then that's fine because, you know, I'm quite happy to, I'll, I'll break copy box and, and whatever else for the best. What, what is this Asda you speak of? Is it, is it similar to Waitrose? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not round here, mate. We haven't got one. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, if, we, if we can just go and buy them, then that's, that's the first step into it. That's the first step in stone to getting it into the UK. Especially when we're going to have, uh, looks like, four games next season in, in London. Two at Tottenham, two at Wembley. I think this is the last year of the, of the Wembley deal. But all signs coming from uh, Roger Goodell's speech at the Super Bowl this year, a couple of days ago, point to uh, Wembley signing up again. So there being at least four games for the foreseeable future. And there's... There is talk of the Seahawks coming over again, which which would be quite nice, and they'll probably go to Tottenham. Means I can't get a ticket again, but there you go. We won't go down that that, that gripey road again. So, <laughs> right, let's move on to another uh, subject. Uh, Card Snoop, very good website, one that uh, all three of us here have been using for the last eighteen months since something that I stumbled on it one Saturday morning looking for card prices. Dan, what can you tell us about uh, Card Snoop, mate? I can't actually tell you that much because the way I use it is I drop you a text message and say, Brian, what's this selling for on Cardsnoop? <laughs> um, 
because that in which was the discussion I had with the uh, with the, the the guys at Card Snoop and said that I really do need to get myself an account because I haven't actually got one. I uh, I just borrow yours. So perhaps you're in a better position to uh, to talk about. <laughs> Fair enough. Card Snoop for the uh, uninitiated is a very good website. You, you have free membership. You just sign up and you put in any card you're, you're searching for and you'll get the buy it now prices that cards have actually sold for on eBay. Dating back for about the last six months, I believe it is. And you, it's, uh, it's very handy. Free membership on that. It used to be uh, watch count used to be one that a lot of us use. But I believe a few months ago, watch count stopped revealing the buy it now price. So you could see if an offer was accepted. Uh, I know Dan doesn't have an account, but Ryan, have you used it at all? Yeah, you still use Watch Count. Yep, still, still no Watch Count, definitely not. Um, the the API that they were using um, between uh, with eBay um, stopped working. Probably eBay stopped it basically. Um, so no, um, I've used Card Snoop quite a bit. Um, as you know, I use multiple different ways of uh, working out values and bits and pieces, and Card Snoop is one of them. Yeah, we hope to have a, a bit of a link-up with Cardsnip coming in the next couple of episodes. Hopefully get one of the guys uh, behind it to come on and, and talk us through their, their plans for the future because we believe there are some very hush-hush, exciting plans afoot, uh, which Dan has uh, dipped his his finger into their pie, so to speak. <laughs> You're going to say something. <laughs> I wondered what he was going to say. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, enough about Dan sticking his fingers into pies and what he was doing last night at the Manchester Arena watching schoolboys and girls sing for him, but (laughs) Queen medleys and all such things. Right, let's move on. Uh, No real reviews at this present time. Uh, We all know Contenders came out. Me and Ryan are fans of it. Dan's not a fan. We'll do the same thing this time next year. We'll go for it again. That's assuming that... uh, that Dan's helicopter doesn't uh, doesn't crash on the way to get his bomb cakes from the local waitros. So only the, only the good die young Dan. So me and you agree around to about 117 each. So <laughs> there was that one night in Atlantic City we'll always look back on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, forthcoming releases over the next few weeks. Oh, I believe Panini have announced that uh, dates have been pushed back yet again. We've got uh, limited coming out plates and patches select and panini one was supposed to show its face uh, a couple of weeks after super Bowl. i think that's been pushed back about another month or so out of the upcoming releases guys which one uh would you like to get your grubby little mitts on dan um select every time the parallels are brilliant um i just i think it's it's a prism product but it's just nicer looking for me the base the base design is just a better looking card Ryan, which of those is your favourite? Yeah, I, I did. I think everybody knows Select is one of my favourite products, so uh, it's always going to be Select. Um, I'm always interested to see what limit it is every year because um, oh, we always review it and you think it looks a bit crap. But um, I've actually, and a lot of their stuff's very heavy, redemption heavy. Um, uh, but so I've got, oh, I literally I've got product from last year only just coming in on redemptions. And they all look really good, um, look really nice, nice and clean. So um, limited isn't 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 that bad a product, but select is the bolts. I love select. Yeah, limited is Immaculate's uh, hillbilly cousin. 
it is what it is. You know, I mean, it's thinner stock, same sort of immaculate plates that they run through at the same factory, I'm sure. Plates and patches, never been a fan of that. Do like select, lovely uh, redemptions in there for like the QB1, wide receiver four, and that sort of stuff. So that's always great when it comes out. Uh, Pelini one, that was a strange one last year, actually. It sold out everywhere. Um, very hit or miss, you know, one card in a pack. I am going to have willpower this time. I'm going to stay away from that and just pick up a couple of DKs on the on the secondary market when it, when it quietens down a bit. Not just go and blow so much money chasing one and end up with, with a couple of Gary Jennings redemptions or something stupid like that. So, Right then, let's move on to the big event this weekend. No, it's not Dan's trip to the local Walmart to buy his, his copy of the Stoke Advertiser. It's Super Bowl. Gentlemen, which team out of the two in the Super Bowl, which is the San Francisco Santa Clara Niners and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, which of these two teams do you think has the bigger Super Bowl window? Let's start with uh, Ryan. Um, I love this question because um, it, it cropped up in a media thing I was listening to this week, um, and it's a really it, 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 it's this is likely not to be the last time we see Chiefs 49ers in a Super Bowl over the next five years. Um, the, the, the both teams are built very differently in the way that they are structured. And I, I'll, I'll leave you lots of leeway, Dan, uh, uh, Brian, cause I know there's a, an issue you have with that. Um, uh, and rightly so. Um, but they are structured very, very differently. Kansas city, um, have had to deal with their, the issues that because of the character issues that the people that they've drafted, um, you know, maybe bl- blame John Dorsey, although he's a bit of a genius. Um, but they, they, a lot of their team, particularly their defense, uh, from trades, um, uh, uh, free agency. I mean, uh, they've only really drafted. I think out of their sort of starting is got Chris Jones, uh, Nandy, Nandy. Uh, only a couple they've actually drafted. A lot. They've really assembled that defense um, through free agency and, and, and trades. And then you look over to the other side of San Francisco and what they've done is, is drafted an elite defense with, and then sprinkled in some magic, if you will, with Richard Sherman, uh, 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 D Ford, uh, those kind of trades and, and, and free agents. So, and then adding in this, what people forget, of, of, of what is a very good offensive line too and, and, and the addition of, of Mike Lynchley last year. Um, so they're built slightly differently, but both of them seem to we, we have some longevity, I think, with both their both their teams. Um, I think that the, the Chiefs, I think their issue is going to be um, how do they deal with the salary cap over the next few years? If they offer Mahomes this big, huge... You know the, the the biggest contract that's ever been offered in the NFL. Um, how are they going to manage that with so, having so many players defensively being on higher end second or third contracts? Um, so my concern would be more about from a Chiefs perspective going forward. Is that clearly their their offense is exceptionally good, um, amazing young quarterback. You know, best young quarterback of his generation, and 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 
the, the really the, the the ceiling's the limit in terms of the way that he plays. Um, but he could also be a Dan Marino and be one of the greatest quarterback. I certainly watch when I watched Dan Reed thinking this guy's amazing, but he never won a ring. Um, and, and so, in some ways, I think the Forty ers are built a little bit more with longevity because of the fact that they have players, so many players that are on really their first year, their first contract. Their time will come though when they need to pay. Obviously, both. Oh, absolutely. You've got two years. They've got to pay him. It happens to all, all teams. Oh, it does. I believe I saw uh, or, or heard on another podcast that someone say that that no team in the modern era that has a quarterback in the top five pay scale has, has won a Super Bowl. That's probably because Brady's always about eighth or ninth because he's always taking about $18, $20 million a year. But it is when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, Wilson was on his rookie contract. I also heard this week um, someone say that, <clears throat> excuse me, that Mahomes, this is his third season, so he can get a new deal after this year. But that, uh, that Clark Hunt came out and said that, oh, when the time is right, we'll do his new deal, which will probably be next season. Do you think there's a chance that if Mahomes wasn't offered a new deal in this offseason, no matter what the result is on Sunday, that you could actually see basically one of the two biggest stars in the hobby, in, in the entire NFL, uh, holding out next year? Um, I'll jump in on it. I, can, I think I can see it if he wins. Um... If he doesn't win, then, well, it's got, yes, he's the biggest talent, but winning matters. And if he hasn't, until he's done it, he's got nothing really to, to hold out for, for me. Um, he needs to, he needs to push him, push him over the edge. And I, I think if he does push him over the edge, I think, I, I don't think we'll even be talking about it. I, th- I think they will just give him a contract. I don't see how you can have a Super Bowl winning quarterback with that much talent. Sitting there on his rookie contract after he's after he's just won the Super Bowl, I, I'm pretty sure that the the Seahawks did that, did they not, Brian? You you might be able to correct me, but I'm sure after Russell Wilson won, he got a new contract. No, it was only his second year, so he had to wait another year until he got uh, contract. So I believe the year that that Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl with us, uh, I think his cap it was about six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, which which enabled us to put. Uh, We've never paid lots of money out to people. We've just kind of done well. Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, they were on decent prove-it deals. I think we'd started paying Sherman and Earl Thomas around that time because they were drafted a couple of years before uh, Russell Wilson was. But basically, as soon as as soon as you, you physically could sign him to a contract, that was that was kind of what oh, yeah. happened. And I, and I think that would be the case if he wins. Then oh, he yeah. signs a contract. If he doesn't win... It's almost just a case of missed potential, isn't it? You know, it's just they should win. But... I, 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 do you know what? I think, and this comes back to the question, Brian, I suppose, and thinking it through. Chiefs have a, but yes, having a superstar quarterback can be the difference between um, not making the playoffs and then winning a Super Bowl. It, it can make such a massive difference. We all get that, right? Um, but. But you do ha- there's a stage to win it all to 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 be dominant, and in the kind of ways that people are creaming themselves at the moment about the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and it it just feels to me that if they that's the pressure's all on them, 
on Sunday because if he doesn't win and you go down that route of, of giving him all this money and stuff like that, which then has a repercussion of them having to deal with the rest of the, the salary issues all the way through the organisation, then you do get into a little bit of trouble. You've got to build another a, a team around, and that particularly in that defence. Um, so if I'm, if, if, if I'm the general manager, uh, who's done a superb job, don't get me wrong, um, I'm literally going to go five-year option, bang, thank you very much, and we're not going to talk about this for another 18 months. Which they don't have to. I don't see why you would offer him a contract when you've got a fifth-year option, and then, uh, so 2020, then a fifth-year option. So another two seasons before he goes on to a new contract. I, I, I just don't see, the, I don't see the sense of doing that when you've got to pay the rest of the team. Why not plan ahead to that point? That's my view, anyway. It's a very the Forty Nineers window. Obviously, is going to be be a much longer one. Uh, they've turned it around from being four and twelve last year to get the Super. I think the only other team to to do that uh, has been Dan's Cincinnati Bengals. I believe they four and twelve <laughs> <laughs> before they got the Super Bowl and got smashed by the uh, funny other Forty Nineers, wasn't it? So. It's as we said. My bugbear is that when the Forty Nineers have been bad, the last five six years they've been really bad, and they've picked top five or six, second they picked fourth and fifth at all time, and those are where the difference makers go all the time. It's once you get past pick ten or twelve, then it, it's a crapshoot, and you pick from. <sighs> Anywhere between 18 and 48, you're picking near enough from the same pool of players. So it's a franchise quarterback, a really good one like Russell Wilson is. He always makes you competitive, and the Seahawks have been competitive, but we were nowhere near being a championship team this year. And other teams find that as well. You have to get young. You have to hit three or four difference makers in your team. And it's a lot easier to do if you can buy a difference maker when you're only paying your quarterback a million dollars and not 35 or 40 million dollars so the 49ers window is going to be uh, a longer one uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see over the next couple of years because when they pick 32nd this year I believe or 31st hopefully um, I believe that's their only pick they've got in the first three rounds mm. so that it's going to be hard to replenish it's do you go shit or bust you know, the Seahawks have got lots of captains. this year. They've got about $60, 65000000 million. Big holes all over the place, but lots of draft picks as well, nine draft picks. So free agency this year is going to be a big one from, from a Seattle point of view. If it's the window... I think from a lot window. of teams' point of view, though, Brian, a lot of teams, there's a lot of free agents, and we know that the quarterback market will set the edge because there are teams that need to rebuild. There are teams that need instant success. That, uh, and the, the quickest way to do that is by having a top-tier quarterback. And there's some top-tier quarterbacks who are potentially on the market or might be on the market. Certainly some worthy franchise um, quarterbacks. And they will set the edge about where the money's going in the NFL. Another 
thing to throw into the mix here is, is the CBA run out after the next season. I know there's ongoing talks even today. I think the, the NFL Players Association are meeting with their reps. There's the attempt to move to 17 games where the union is saying we should go for it because if everything that the players want, we'd have to go on strike for two years to get and the players aren't going to go for that. The owners aren't going to go for that. And if the CBA, um, if there's no agreement, as we said before, before the season starts, then uh, you can't do your post during the first cuts this year. And as teams have been doing up till now, they've been rolling over cap room to the following season. You won't be able to do that. So if you still, unless you spend all your money this year, you can't roll over next year. So that's going to affect a lot of teams, especially the cheapskate teams that, that don't tend to pay out, like, <laughs> like the Bengals. And they always seem to have about 30 or $40 million that they refuse to spend. You know, it's... It's getting very political, but it's all about money as well. Obviously, we're not players, but I'd like to think if I was a player and anyone needs a an aging mid-40s guard with, with one wrecked shoulder, then uh, I'd probably play... I wouldn't want to be the highest paid player. I'd, I'd want to play for the Seahawks. But, but then once you get involved in it, then, then it's going to be different. It becomes a business because... Everyone wants to be the highest paid player at their position because that's how you're that's how you're valued. It's all don't know too much money and not enough sport these days, but that's the world as a whole, I think. So let's just move this on a, a tad away from all talk of money. From a Super Bowl perspective, uh, boom and bus players to watch out for this Sunday. Let's start with uh, Dan Hewitt. Right, so. Um... The boom player, I've probably gone for the the obvious choice for Matt's sake, um, being a quarterback, but I've gone Jimmy G. In that, um, I suppose you could go Patrick Mahomes if he wins one, but it feels like Patrick Mahomes are that prices are that inflated already, as if he has won one. Um, that there's just going to be there can't be that much value <laughs> going up anyway, surely. Um, so I went for Jimmy G for that one. Um, one you might not like, Ryan. For, uh, Brian, sorry, for me bust. I went for uh, Mustard. Um, purely based on the fact that every time I see the 49ers play, they seem to just pluck out of fresh air which one of the three running backs are going to use. Um, and it, it, there's the potential there, obviously, that they might use one or the other two. Um, and he just might not see the field at all. Um, so that would be that would be my biggest bust, especially after he's he sort of picked up that game during the playoffs where he's he's massively spiked. I think if he doesn't do anything in the Super Bowl and we don't see him, his prices could potentially come down to earth a little bit. Oh yeah, because his uh, as we were chatting on on our group chat before his rookie autos I bought since 2017, even though that was his rookie year, he'd been on a couple of practice squads. His rookie autos were dime a dozen. I bought, I believe a job lot of 2017 no-name contenders autos for about, I think it was about 25 autos for about $17, $18. Tucked them away in a box somewhere. Uh, When he had that massive game a couple of weeks ago, his price was shut up to about $150, even $200 a time for his rookie auto. Had a little look through my box and there, sure enough, was one of his cards sitting there. So that's a nice little filler. If he has a decent game, it doesn't have to be spectacular. I believe that's still a forty, fifty dollar card, so which is all good from uh, from a night out, <laughs> night, night out at the wimpy bar for me and down at Atlantic City. 
<laughs> Ryan, who's your boom and bust players for the uh, Super Bowl in the hobby way? Uh, it's it, it's quite difficult because I've gone through them all um, and spot on with the Moser that you could pick them up for three four dollars when they came out and now we're talking two hundred. Um, does George Kittle's hobby balloon burst? And it has literally gone through the roof. We're talking about two hundred and fifty dollars now for a contender's RPS. Um, graded, I've seen four fifty to five hundred. So, is that a build-up because of the Super Bowl? So, does that then can can drop off if San Francisco don't win a course? If they do win, that could go through the roof. The bargains, Emmanuel Sanders, man. And look, I know that it's a Steelers card, but his rookie RPS contenders you can pick up for fifteen dollars right now. <laughs> fifteen dollars. It could be a difference maker as well. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, he is. You know, uh, I know that it's in Steelers, but still, when all is said and done at the end of his career, do you know what I mean? He's going to have a couple of rings there. So, um, is 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 that something worth uh, worth getting on? I think if he'd have played his entire career at the Forty Nines, it would be. But but the hobby is quite snobbish in a, in the fact that you're not your rookie card's not in the uniform that you've won the Super Bowl. And I'm not really interested in that at this time, which devalues it. Probably by about seventy-five percent. But he 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 he's already a Super Bowl champion. So if he wins, he'll be a two-time Super Bowl winning wide receiver. Surely his rookie card's worth more than fifteen dollars. I think I think come the end of it, once all's said and done, I think it probably will be. I think whilst he's still playing, I don't think you'd see all that much increase in it. I no, think no, it's no. when people look yeah. back. And when, if you bought it as a long-term investment, once he retires and he's gone and people look back at the player he was, that's when the sort of rookie cards, would, it becomes irrelevant of what, what jersey he's in at that point. Um, it's just because he's currently playing on a team that his rookie card isn't, isn't it, really. Yes. But again, is he a victim of as Mozart is, uh, wide receiver by committee. There's no one outstanding receiver in their court. Devo Samuels had a great season as well, great rookie season. Uh, but no one is the number one guy there. Every week there's someone different. They just spread the ball around so much. Well, they don't even... <laughs> well, they throw eight times. They've completed six passes in, mm-hmm. in the championship game. Yep. And every pass is under, under 10 yards. It's just the amount of motion. They get, get space. It's yards after catch. Whereas Kittle is the main man for their offense, that's why he gets all the attention. That's why his hobby prices are so high. Yeah, no, that's fair, 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 correct. Yeah, I think boom or bust. I think, as Dan said, grappler. If, if the Forty Niners win it, his prices uh, they will go through the roof because I don't believe Mahomes' prices can go really much higher because we're seeing is just uh, ordinary, unnumbered uh, rookie cards going. Was it about $14,000 they're going for now, his contenders? <laughs> um, do, 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 yeah, do. I think so. Yeah, I, I found the last sort of reasonable price one a couple of days ago, 1075 1075 but I assume, yeah. was it a graded one that went for 14 grand? Oh, no, yeah, that's just standard, no, ungraded, straight up, RPS. Yeah, yeah. If you can get a 9.5 Mahomes... Rookie, blindly right. Oh, no, you could that. buy a house in Stoke for that. <laughs> you could buy fourteen thousand houses in Stoke for that. <laughs> <laughs> Blimey, all right, that's just crazy money, absolutely crazy money. But there you go. 
So yeah, Jimmy G would probably be my boom if if they came through and win it. And also, uh, Richard Sherman had a great career. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Hall yep. of Famer. Uh, if he gets a pick on in this game to seal it for them, then his price is going to go through the roof big time. So and that's good news for people who've got an extensive Richard Sherman collection sitting about twenty feet away from them, which would be me. <laughs> well, I, I was talking before, and and player that you know, is Demarcus Robinson of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, a well-known Chiefs fan uh, was clearing out his collection um, and was getting rid of basically players that he didn't he didn't he didn't think were going to be very highly valued. Um, uh, but there's Demarcus Robinson who sat there on the depth chart, number two, uh, uh, so it's probably third, maybe third or fourth. Maybe behind Hardman, um, his rookie RPS is now at. You can pick him up for about three dollars. Um, okay, but he's got a chance, obviously, doing well. But the reason I bring it up because I actually traded. I'm not quite sure if it's NT, but anyway, it's a booklet, a booklet plate patch rookie auto of his to Dan. <laughs> so Dan, you need to find it because. Yeah, I don't... because <laughs> It is a one of one. Um, it's it's probably the it's one of those proper you know those amazing AFC patches you get on Kansas City players. It's like full on one of those really nice patches. So you need to fucking find that thing because um, if he if he scores a touchdown or something, you can guarantee it might be worth a little bit more than it it worth today. I yeah uh, I do I do know I know exactly where it is but um, I've just completely forgotten that we'd uh, we'd done the trade yeah. <laughs> so I've just completely forgotten I've got it which is a problem with having so many PCs and it's probably a good thing I didn't start another one in the week yeah definitely were you toying with the idea of starting another collection then Dan yeah um, well you know I've I've talked about me uh, me one of one PC and the fact that I like things that are quite rare. Um, or, or, or to be seen to be quite rare, seeing as there's like 4,000 one-on-ones in every product that comes out now. Um, but somebody somebody listed a uh, black label for sale. Um, it was a Vita Vea black label auto. And I've, it's it's something else similar to the one-on-one thing. There's so few and far between that you get a black label. I thought, oh, that'd be nice. I'll, uh, I'll start a little PC of them. Um, he'd got the card listed on eBay at the same time, and before I before I could buy it, he'd, he'd forgotten about it. it. Was listed on eBay and it sold, so I didn't buy it. Um, which was no hard feelings. It was it was one of them things, and prevented me from just spunking more money on on cardboard as well. So it's <laughs> probably for the best. Uh, well, Dan, if you want to get a black label collection going, you might have to go and get a job with Leaf, apparently. So, well, that it, it, funnily enough, it was it was a Leaf card. How they go out of the buildings of mystery to most people then. <laughs> right then, let's get back to the Super Bowl. And uh, what are our predictions for the game? How do we see it going? Let's start with you, Ryan. Um, yeah, um, Tommy asked me in the week. Um, I, I sort of see it being so much better game than last last year. Um, I don't expect us to be f- quite falling asleep. Um, I think it will be high scoring. I think it will be fairly tight. But I have the 49ers getting over the line on the basis that from what I saw from our game, I think you can not you can give Patrick Mahomes a 
tougher time. He's that good. You can't completely, you know, contain him. You just can't. He's that good. But um, but you can give him a much tougher time um, if you can if you can if with speed on the edge. And I think that Forty ers can do that. I'm not saying that they can sack him three four times in a game, but I think that they they got that speed and that pressure. They they can they they can make him do lots of things he doesn't want to do. Um, and when he does that a lot, he makes mistakes. So um, he'll still probably throw for 400 yards or something ridiculous, but 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 you can maybe slow him down a little bit if you can do that. And I, I just see the 49ers just edging it. Dan, what do you think about the uh, outcome? Um, prediction, I fully agree with. Um, I think the 49ers just sneak it. Um, and I totally agree with what Ryan's just said. I, I think the, the best way of stopping Holmes is sort of stopping moving, keep him, keep him sort mm. of in that pocket, apply pressure yes. to him. Um, and then not only that, when you're harassing him, the, the, the fact that he doesn't want to throw to one side of the pitch because he's got Richard Sherman over there, so he can just one-on-one and they can double cover the other the other wide receiver on the other side. So um, I, I, I think that... Nobody really has found a way of of stopping Patrick Mahomes. I don't think the 49ers are going to stop him, but if they can stop him scoring 24 points in a quarter, then they, they slow him down enough to to stay in the game. And I can just see him. I can just see the 49ers edging it. Yeah, I think that for the Chiefs to win, they're going to have to get out early to to a decent sized lead. They can't spot an opponent a three score lead yet again and come back from it. It's just not not feasible for them to do it's, I'd like to see the Niners have to play from behind and instead of just instead of just throwing the ball five or six times a game let's see if Garoppolo can actually win a game for them rather than them just running the running the ball non-stop you know it's uh, I'd like the Chiefs to win it because obviously the Niners are divisional rival and stuff and there's a lot of banter between them such like that uh, but again, I, I think the 49ers are going to shade it by probably a score. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, but not unfortunately, you know, I've got some good friends that are, that are 49ers fans. Gav's a 49ers fan, lovely guy. And obviously uh, our friend Ben at Midwest Box Breaks is a huge 49ers fan. Uh, so it'd be good for them. And But for the idiots that tried to almost kill me in the car park in Santa Clara in the year, I don't want them, them to uh, <laughs> to be celebrating, unfortunately. So. So there we go. Anything else on the Super Bowl before we wrap it up, gentlemen? Um, I'm obviously going to be experimenting with my Auburn cookbook. Um, so 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 it'll get his first proper outing, I think, on Sunday, Brian. Excellent stuff. What about you, Dan? What will you be cooking up a storm on uh, Sunday night? I uh, I aren't. Um, I'm actually down your way tomorrow night. I am. I'm taking my dad to the theatre, of all places. Nice. Um, which, is his, which is his Christmas present. Um, thankfully, I'll, uh, I'll I'll reinstall my uh, reputation here by saying I'm going to watch Owen Fools and Horses the musical. So, <laughs> how, long, how, how long are you down in the capital for, Dan? Only, only tomorrow night. Only oh, tomorrow okay. night, and I'm back. Um, just going to go and watch that and come back Saturday morning. But it's Sunday. We just we found a bar quite local that's doing a Super Bowl party so five quid entrance you get a burger and a, and a pint with your five quid um, so can't complain that's where I shall be watching it and drinking copious amounts of alcohol while I'm at it Excellent. Is that only Fools and Horses music but is that the one where you get a, a meal during the show as well is it or 
I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, I thought I saw one where you kind of sit in there. No, no, sorry, that was the Forty Towers one that I saw. Sorry. I didn't even know it was a thing, and then I just saw it advertised just before Christmas, and it's one of them people you can never buy for. So <laughs> <laughs> just just went with it, and I'm I'm going to quite enjoy it as well. If you hang around the Capitol on Saturday night, I believe Madonna's got a show in at the Palladium. She's resident there for about ten nights, I think. Tickets are only about six hundred pound on StubHub. Oh, so nice! Nice. Well, I'm hanging around, hanging around Friday night for the uh, Friday night for the Brexit party. <laughs> you know, and I, 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 I've seen it was advertised, and I thought, God, I can't think of a worse place to be. But seeing as I'm there, <laughs> quite fancy just going and standing on the sidelines and seeing what dregs of society get brought into Parliament Square for this big deal of a, of a party at half eleven on a Friday night. So, yeah. you know, might just go and have a nose. Uh, Sunday night for me I will be uh, attending in the Rittensworth area Mr Chris Guy is uh, being hospitable again for about the I think we watched the Super Bowl again for about the last 25 years in a row other than the the twice when I've been out in the States so uh, I'll be around his house Uh, it's always traditional to have pizza there and copious amounts of Diet Coke Uh, Monday off work uh, which has been really instructed for me by a speed awareness course on (laughs) Monday afternoon Four hours. Four bloody hours I've got to sit there and that. Though to be fair, as I sent the, the guys, I thought I was screwed this time because it's my second one in about a year. But apparently getting caught on a smart motorway is different to being caught doing 56 in a 50 zone on the North Circular when you're running late for work. Well, I wasn't even late for work, but anyway. So it's my own fault. Hands up. My fault. Four hours there to say yes sir, no sir. And the good thing is I know where the course is and there's a Starbucks in there so I can have a nice latte whilst I'm uh, <laughs> saying sorry. <laughs> so right that's it anything else in the hobby we like to bring up before we go I think there's one thing I'd like to bring up that we that, uh, saw in the week and the guys on Mojo covered it as well did you guys see the there was a trade mode uh, contenders rookie Tom Brady auto was straight up traded for a graded Nintendo cartridge did you see that no, no I, I did not <laughs> <laughs> what was the what was the Nintendo cartridge? <laughs> it wasn't the Super Mario one. You've got in your loft, Dan. So I won't get too many bloody hopes up about that. Just about that. Well, anyway, no, it was one that was released in. It wasn't even released for general sale. It was only given to the executives of, of Nintendo or something like that. And it was graded quite high grade. Never been, never been played. It was in like the, the same sort of case that they, they grade cards in as well. And they're very highly sought after. It, it was done a throat swap for that and a Brady Contenders uh, highly graded card, I think, which was valued at about $80,000. Wow. So, yeah, that was on, on Sports Collectors uh, Daily a couple of days ago. You guys should go and have a look at that. Have you got anything in, in your in your loft that you like to grade on the uh, on the game front, Dan? Um, I have, yeah. I've got a few. I've got a few games that um, they wouldn't grade, but um, I've got a few games knocking about that are quite that are quite rare. Um, I've always kept. I'm a bit of a gamer myself, so I've always I've kept every console I've ever had. So <laughs> they're all just they're all just up the lot. I know there's one or two games up there that are worth uh, worth a few bob. Ryan, have you got a nine point five graded Kaplunk in your loft? <laughs> um, come to think of it, it's quite possible. 
I don't know whether they grade board games or not, but I've got like a 1970s Risk uh, that might grade out pretty well. Um, I found an orange in um, my stocking at Christmas from the year before. That 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 probably graded out pretty well. It, it was <laughs> the color was good. It could, I could have played it cricket with it, but but I thought I, I, to be honest, from the outside, it looked like in near mint condition. Uh, even though that it was a year old, did you uh, attempt to eat the uh, the fruit? No, and the reason it's in there is because I fucking ate them. So um, I didn't eat it from last year. So <laughs> <laughs> well, have you just left it? Have you just left it in there so you can have it every year? From now yeah, on I just or? thought fuck it. Could <laughs> <laughs> stay in there then. <laughs> Oh, as you probably saw from my boring photos on Facebook last week, and outside of our window of our, of our guest house in Lisbon, there was a, an orange tree and a lemon tree there as well. The lemons were like the size of rugby balls. I was so desperate to go and knock on this woman's house and just say, can we take a couple of lemons back? But they were huge. Went to Tesco's last night on the way in from work, because Waitrose was shut, obviously. And the lemons were absolutely tiny. Disgraceful. It's despicable. And the, the, the freshly squeezed orange juice in this guest house in Lisbon was... was was divine, and that's the most middle class thing that anyone's ever said on this podcast. <laughs> Complete difference, but anyway, all right, we've digressed. I'm sure we've only got one listener left now, and that's only because they dropped their phone on the floor and they can't and they can't turn the podcast off on the uh, in the car. So there we go. We will do more card stuff eventually, but um... yeah, we're talking about orange juice yeah. and games, but graded, anyway. graded citrus. Why not? Great sips, yeah, nine point five. Yeah, the, I think it should crack open live on cam, be like opening a, opening a, <laughs> opening a case. <laughs> thing, you know, I mean, it's probably drier than Gandhi's flip flop when you open that fucking thing up. But anyway, <sighs> yeah. Right then, gentlemen, been a pleasure as always. Yeah, uh, we're off to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday night. Before that happens. Sure, you boys have got work to do, and I'm stripping wallpaper tomorrow. <laughs> Domesticated person I am. I've actually bought a steamer, so we'll see how that goes. Right. As long as there's no steam-related accidents, we'll be back in two weeks' time. We're going to start, uh, as we said before, we're going to start regular shows. Have a little bit of upheaval. We're going to have a guest presenter who's an android. Oh, we're not really. It's just we have three idiots anyway. So, but anything you like to uh, chat about on the show. People like to get in touch that aren't related to us or don't sleep with us. So uh, be always good. Right, gentlemen, any final words? Just happy collecting. Thanks for listening, guys. Till next time, from me, Brian, and the two boys, Ryan and Dan. Bit of pleasure as always. We'll catch you very soon. <laughs> <laughs>